Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, nah, nah. Anyways, so I want to thank my family. A lot of people flew in from all over the world. There are lots of them from, from Germany. My dad's here, my sister. Uh, all sorts of people. So... I thank y'all for y'all generosity this year, man. I thank y'all for y'all support. I thank y'all for y'all love. I thank y'all for having my back, brothers, man. So as this season's been about me, I've enjoyed this season with you guys, man. I got some brothers that will always be my brothers. I love you guys, man. All right? Heat Nation, thank you. Love you guys. I had more fun when I was able to be the big brother and ambassador to everybody. You know, I thought about Dwayne Wade retiring tomorrow, and I can't even tweet it out or can't be there. I was thinking about all those times all guys who want me to mentor them or be a part of their lives, and I can't even do that. I had more fun on the other side than on this side, because now, tomorrow, I would have to affect somebody's life, livelihood in their life. That's not fun for me. That's not who I am. This is the Sports Yak Podcast on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. I'm Jimmy Schultz. Sports Yak is brought to you by Rabbit Wigs. Put that rabbit in a wig. Call for a fitting today. 574-RABBITS. Here's Chuck and Corey. What, what do they don't use their last names now? They're, they're that popular, they just go Chuck Corey? No, they're not that popular. Use your last names, guys, for a couple of years at least. And away we go with episode... 82. Oh, my goodness. I should have done my research. I even threw in one for you on Monday when who, you were here. Who did you go with? Because I have to admit that I have not listened to episode 81, and I had a, I had somebody in mind for that one, but I'm not sure who you went with. Tim Brown. That's exactly who I was going to go with anyway. Tim Brown. The Hall of Famer. Heisman Trophy winner. But this is episode 82, mm-hmm. and my friend, this is the Ozzie Newsome episode. Ozzie Newsome. The former tight end and then longtime NFL executive. Was he a nuisance on the field? He wasn't a nuisance. He was a Newsome. Mm. Ozzie Newsome. Kudos. Hall of Famer. Oh, thank you. Congratulations. That was this past Sunday. Yes, it was. Down in uh, Greenwood, Indiana. Greenwood, Indiana, just south of Indianapolis, right there on 65. As you were giving your speech, as you were being inducted into the Hall of Fame, Anybody you catch eyes with out there that you're like, man, look who's here? I tried not to look okay. into the crowd because uh, I was emotional anyway. Vince Turner gave just uh, a beautiful introduction. Was that filmed by any chance? Uh, it is. It's on It's on the tube of you. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. I saw your speech. I, yeah. will, I will go listen to his. Gave a wonderful introduction, and so that primed the pump anyway, and I, I was emotional anyway. It, it's... It's a big moment, I mean. Yes, it is. And you're alive to accept it. Yes, which is very nice. Yeah. You know, there were some other people there. I mean, Rita Price, who's been in Warsaw for 50 years doing games. Um, 
and true pioneer. And then Art Salzberg, who really started sports talk in Indiana at WOWO. And Michael Haynes, who's the voice of the Colorado Avalanche. And I kind of felt like a pair of brown shoes in a tuxedo shop. But nevertheless, uh, they, they put me in. Let me say this as a fan of your work. Uh, it's something to think about. When the Cubs won the World Series, the trophy went on a tour. <laughs> when the women's basketball team won the national championship last year, the trophy went on a tour. I think you should bring it to work and let those who love you and support you get a chance to see you with the trophy. Okay, maybe tomorrow. That would be great. Maybe tomorrow. Okay. Um, Bob's got one, too, though. Three years ago today, Bob Nagel went into the Sportscasters Hall of Fame. Who? <laughs> <laughs> I jest. He was busy that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that kind of segues us into talking about basketball championships. You know, uh, so I hear, actually, my wife said, hey, Jackie Young is going into the draft her junior year. Yes. What do you think about that? I've got a thought, but I want to hear yours. Well, no, let me hear yours. I, the WNBA is going to be there when Jackie finishes her education. A top-notch education from the University of Notre Dame. What I wouldn't give for my children to go there and have that opportunity. One more year, one more chance to maybe get up into the Final Four, that national championship. You've been there. You know what it tastes like. You know what it's going to take to get there. You're super talented. Many times during the game's broadcast, I would hear, she's actually the most talented one Mm -hmm. on that squad. And now there's no senior leadership at all uh, of Jackie's caliber on that team. Let, so, let me let me play devil's advocate. Okay. You. okay. You're Jackie Young, and for the last two years, you have played with this core of players who will be the best players that you may ever play with. Okay. Even when you go to the WNBA, they still might be the best group of teammates that you will ever play with. And they're all leaving. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all graduating. You mentioned a degree from the University of Notre Dame. The WNBA season is primarily in the summer. She'll still be able to take classes okay. at the University of Notre Dame working around her WNBA schedule. She will likely be the number one pick of the WNBA draft. Mm-hmm. And there is no guarantee that you don't have what happened to Brianna Turner and your knee blowout or what happened to Natalie Achanwa and your knee blowout. I say, in my mind, while I can understand a little bit of hurt from the Notre Dame basketball fans wanting her to come back, I can certainly understand where this young lady is coming from. I will grant you, The money in the WNBA is nothing compared Mm -hmm. to the money in the NBA if she were the number one draft choice. And more than likely, she'll probably go overseas, do you think, to go play? She could if she wanted to. You know, because there is money there, I've heard. Yes. Yes, there is. So you can can be somebody that plays Mm year-round. But, I mean, she can make a good living for a while as a WNBA player. Okay. And she could always stick around here. She'll be a, a fan favorite for a long time. Absolutely. I just, uh, I, I hear a Chuck Freebie from a previous episode just about following through on your commitment and, you know, but I understand what you're saying. Number one draft pick possible tonight, 
Yes. Right? Yeah. By the way, who gets these who gets these girls out there? Is that their dime? How does that work? Do you... Oh, I would I would think the league probably brings them out okay, there. Okay, like to have them out there to get yeah. the hat and the jersey mm-hmm. and whatever. Yeah. And there's five of our our ladies here locally that might be there. I think they'll have three to four first round draft picks. Uh I don't think there's any doubt that young Agumba Wale go in the first round. I think Shepard and Turner could both go in the first round as well. Okay. So, plenty for the Irish women's basketball fans to watch. It's on ESPN2 for the first round. Then they move it to ESPNU for rounds two and three. But it does not take nearly as long as the NBA draft because I think there's only, I want to say, 16 WNBA teams. So, it, it should not take that long. You didn't get a chance to see it on the television, but I know you've seen games on the television before. Yes, who, I have watched a lot of sports on TV. Who is Andy? Andy Landers uh, used to be at Louisiana Tech at one time and then Georgia, and he's just a, a good old country boy. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed him, but they never you know gave the background for those right. of us. That, yeah. And then there was a blonde sitting next to him. Nell Fortner, who is the new coach at Georgia Tech. There we go. Okay. Yeah, she uh, she was just hired yesterday. Okay. So Nell Fortner used to be a head coach at Purdue, and I believe won a a national championship while at Purdue. On the men's side, on the men's side, Virginia gets the national title with that overtime win over Texas Tech, eighty five seventy seven. What a game for DeAndre Hunter! He hits the game tying three in regulation, the go ahead three in overtime. Uh, he could well be a lottery pick for Tony Bennett. What a turnaround in 12 months. He goes from being a laughing stock, this coach who, as the number one seed, loses to number 16 seed, UMBC, and sticks with his principles, sticks with his faith, and guides his team through some, some very narrow victories and some very controversial victories. Uh, the win over, you know, I'm sure Purdue sees Virginia winning the national title and says, could have been us. Yeah. You know, they had Virginia beat. They had them down by three with eight seconds left and wind up losing that game. Auburn sees Virginia down by one, an alleged double dribble, and then Auburn commits a foul with .8 seconds left, and Kyle Guy hits three free throws, and Virginia moves on to the finals. And then Virginia blows a 10-point lead, rallies from three down, Wins in overtime. I mean, you talk about destiny's darlings. They were in this NCAA tournament, and they reign as national championship. But I just tweeted this this morning. Uh, it's it's the last thing that I have tweeted. Tony Bennett, very strong Christian faith mm-hmm. and, and outspoken about it, uh, received a text before the national championship game from our guy Dabo Swinney down at Clemson. And Dabo's text simply said, let the light that shines in you be brighter than the light that shines on you. So let me repeat that. Let the light that shines in you be brighter than the light that shines on you. Pretty pretty profound, and obviously Tony Bennett has taken that to heart. You, you said that he played some music yeah. for his team on Monday before the game. Tony, what are your thoughts at this moment? Just like all these recent games, high drama, heart-stopping drama, 
And your team in overtime just got on a run. How did you guys do it? They did. I played a song for them today called Hills and Valleys by Torrin Wells, and it just means that you're never alone in the hills or the valleys. And we faced those from last year to this year, but the credit goes to these young men. And I can't wait to celebrate with my wife and my kids and my parents. And I do want to thank the Lord and my Savior. On the mountains, I will bow my life to the one who set me there. In the valley, I will lift my eyes to the one who sees me there. When I'm standing on the mountain, I didn't get there on my own. When I'm walking Uh, Mick Cronin out in Cincinnati? Well, he's he's not canned. He decides to leave Cincinnati to go to what he believes will be greener pastures out at UCLA. Uh, certainly it'll be greener for him financially. Six years, $24 million. And the Bruins finally end their 100-day search for a coach. They got turned down so many times. They got turned down more time than a hotel bed. Hey-oh! And, um, but UCLA goes with Mick Cronin, who built a reputation at Cincinnati for having not necessarily the most offensively, aesthetically pleasing teams, mm-hmm. but teams that played hard, physical defense. So we'll see how that blends in out in La La Land and in the Pac-12. Let's segue into the NBA. Do you think the Magic Johnson announcement trumped the uh, the retirement of two pretty big players? I don't think it necessarily trumped it. You have, you know, we judge things from a different prism these days, don't we? We we kind of see how things play out on social media. Yes, and the Dwayne Wade story really played out on social media quite a bit before the actual Dwayne Wade retirement ceremony. Budweiser released that four-minute tear-jerking video yesterday of Dwayne Wade being greeted by five different people that he had had an impact on their lives. And and if you haven't seen the ad yet, you need to look at it. This They talk about the uniform swap that D-Wade has been doing with all these different players, and he did it last night in his final game with Jimmy Butler, his fellow Marquette University grad. And then they show these five different people who D-Wade has impacted off the court coming and spending some time with him, sharing their story, and exchanging something with him. And I don't want to spoil the spot for you if you haven't seen it yet. That, I will retweet it on Sports Yak on Twitter. But that played out throughout the day yesterday. So really, by the time you got to the actual D. Wade retirement ceremony, it was somewhat anticlimactic. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki's retirement ceremony was held last night, and I do think that that got overshadowed. Uh, he had mentioned five players who had made an impact on him in his career, and the Mavericks brought all five of those people, including Concord High's own Sean Kemp, uh, to come 
speak at Dirk's retirement farewell. I'm guessing Mark Cuban probably had an airplane stop by the houses and pick yeah. him right up. <laughs> yeah, or or just, you know, we'll cover you guys coming down. How great is that, though, that your five most influential players are standing there with you on the night you hang it up? Exactly. So that was a great thing. But certainly Magic's impromptu announcement last night that he was stepping down as president of the Lakers, mainly because he was, by his own admission, too gutless to go in and tell Jeannie Buss. And he also admitted during this press conference last night he didn't want to have any part of the firing of Luke Walton, which is going to happen after the game tonight. Mm -hmm. And the firing of Luke Walton has been almost a foregone conclusion since the moment LeBron James set foot in L.A. Mm -hmm. Because LeBron James, for all of his greatness, and I say that on the court and off the court, I have much respect for King James. But he's a coach killer. (laughs) He is a coach killer. And he has shown disrespect for Luke Walton throughout the year. Define coach killer. Like, if he don't like somebody... They're gone. They're gone. Okay. Okay. Hard. Not like he's hard to work with, but if James doesn't like him... Right. Let's get somebody else in here. I mean, so that's been a foregone conclusion in L.A. So I don't know why uh, Magic had such a distaste for that, other than the fact that I think he truly does like Luke Walton Mm -hmm. as a person. But... These things happen in the NBA all the time. Magic ran coaches out when he was a player. Yeah. I mean, this is not unusual in the NBA. This is NBA life. But I think Magic also felt somewhat restricted. Magic sees himself as a figure, and and I'm not saying he's wrong in this, a figure who is somewhat above the rules of the game. And when I talk about the rules of the game, as the president of the Lakers, he could not reach out to other players from other teams and talk about them because that was seen as tampering. Mm -hmm. And so Magic, and, and Magic is a fan of the game. So let's say, for example, that Magic sees Dwayne Wade have a great game. And he'd want to reach out to him and say, hey, that's a great game that you have or sees him do something off the court that he thinks makes a tremendous impact magic because of his position as president of the lakers is almost forbidden from doing that because that scene is tampering i also did i see a tweet maybe he would not think he could get the players that lebron will want to be surrounded by next season well and if that were to happen wouldn't that put a black mark on Magic as an executive? Yeah. Which I think there's a black mark there anyway because the Lakers certainly did not succeed during his tenure. But here's the other thing you have to remember about Magic Johnson. He's got a lot of other things going on. Oh, yeah. He's still a part owner of the Dodgers. He's got all these movie theaters that he has started up that he's running. How many boards and advisory committees do you think he's probably on? So, you know, him stepping away from the Lakers, while it does shake up the basketball world, it doesn't shake up Magic Johnson's world. He's still got tons going on. A couple of scores from last night. You want to hit those? Well, the big one 
in my mind is the fact that the Pistons beat Memphis, a team that they should beat, and I think the final there was 100-93. to And so now Detroit goes to Madison Square Garden tonight on the final night of the NBA regular season. The Knicks are woeful, even though they beat the Bulls last night. And they've got to beat the Knicks in order to get to clinch the last playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. Should the Pistons lose to New York and the Hornets beat Orlando tonight, then Charlotte would get the number eight playoff spot in the East. Now, how how much the Pistons would do in the playoffs with the number eight spot when they got to play the number one seeded Milwaukee Bucks? Probably not a whole lot, but you don't know. Upsets happen. Tell me more about this Indiana All-Star team. For years, there has been an Indiana All-Star team selected, and they play the Kentucky All-Stars. It used to be a much bigger deal than what it seems to be now. They're trying to rejuvenate this game and and make it a big deal again. And the Indiana All-Star team is loaded with players who are going to D1 institutions. All three of the Purdue recruits are on this team. There's a couple of IU recruits on this team as well. Uh, one of the new recruits on the team is Brandon Newman out of Alparaiso High School, who was considered as a candidate for Mr. Basketball. Uh, another one is uh, Ethan Britton Watts, who's going to Boston University next year. And Watts out of Culver Academy is really our lone area representative on the team. Now, I know my buddy Ken Fox over at the Elkhart Truth was carrying the banner yesterday for uh, Noah Applegate, Drew Lutz, and Michael Johnson. He made the point, you know, just because these guys opted not to go play D1 and opted to go to other schools, he felt like they didn't get proper consideration. Maybe so, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's tough to make the case for any of those over the guys that got on the team. There just seems to be a little bit different level there. If you really want to make a case of somebody who may have gotten jobbed, there's a kid named Colin Kenny who plays over at Marquette Catholic High School in Michigan City. Mm-hmm. It's only a 2A school. And Kenny averaged 25 points a game. He's going to Furman, which is a D1 school, and he didn't make the team either. Hmm. Hey, let me rewind a second. NBA draft? That's not until June. June? Yeah. Carson Edwards? Well, here here's the deal is they've changed the rules on this too. So Carson Edwards has declared for the draft and he has signed with an agent. And it used to be if you signed with an agent, you couldn't go back to school. You're done. Well, now they don't they don't hold to that rule anymore. So you can sign with an agent, explore all this stuff. And then say, okay, I don't think I'm going to get drafted high enough. I'm pulling back. Interesting. Now, in the case of Carson Edwards, he's likely going to be a first-round draft pick. And if you're going to be a first-round draft pick, then, of course, you go. And so I, I think he's gone. Michigan had three guys yesterday enter their names into the NBA draft. I would be surprised if at least two, if not all three, didn't wind up coming back to Michigan. 
you remember the three? Uh, I think Jordan Poole's one. Uh, Brasnikas, the freshman, is another one. And I can't remember who the third is off the top of my head. Okay. But that being said, you're going to see a lot more players declare themselves eligible for the NBA draft now that this rule is out there. Um, oh, uh, Matthews is the other one, Charles Matthews. Okay. So, uh, baseball, our mutual friend Derek went to opening day for the Cubs. Well, maybe he's the good luck charm. We, uh, we had had a discussion. My favorite player is Ben Zobrist. I like the way he carries himself. I like that he's still playing. After the game, uh, Derek sent me a few photos. He almost got close. Thanks, technology, for showing me. He signed a few autographs, but he enjoyed some time with uh, ah. Ben's family there and uh, Julianne and the kids. But I just thought it was funny in the world of technology. Like, that would have been a phone call the next day, 20 years ago. Sure. Like, here's what happened. But, you know, as it's happening, I'm getting um, now, photos here. Of, yeah, now there's proof. Just crazy, right? There's proof that I was this close to yeah. Ben Zobrist. Yeah. Baseball last night. Let's talk about that. Well, let's first talk about the Cubs. Okay, because even though they didn't play last night, here they sit after 10 games. They have scored 72 runs in 10 games, and they are 3-7. and Do you know the last time, Corey, that somebody scored that many runs in their first 10 games and only won three of them? Tell me. 1895. 1895. The New York Highlands. Welcome to the podcast within the podcast. This podcast is called Rant. There is a problem with the Chicago National League Ball Club, and it sits squarely on the pitcher's mound. Okay? There are many problems on that pitcher's mound. One of them has the name U Darvish, and he must go. He has proven in over a year that he is no longer an effective starting pitcher, at least with the Chicago National League Ball Club. He might be fine with somebody else. He ain't fine in Chicago. And it's not a me problem. It's a you problem. Now, that said, the bullpen. The bullpen is an arson squad. Fires get started by starting pitchers, and then the bullpen comes in, and they just throw gasoline on the place and watch it go up like a restaurant owner looking for insurance payments. They've been awful. Awful. Carl Edwards Jr. Carl Edwards Jr. is a fine human being. I don't mean to disparage him personally, but something has happened with Carl Edwards Jr., and he has lost all all confidence out on the mound. Hmm. He goes out on the mound, and he looks like a lost child. And lost is usually what happens to the baseball because it gets lost over the outfield fence. So Carl Edwards Jr. needs to be sent down to Iowa, and he needs to be worked with and have some of his mechanics tinkered with because he is not the pitcher that he was two years ago or three years ago. And nobody else in the bullpen is really getting the job done either. 
Brendan Morrow, a nation to- turns its lonely eyes to you. When are you coming back? Don't you find this a little early to be ranting this much on the Cubs? Mid-April? Don't, don't you feel like... It could turn around, but here's the thing. Who's going to turn it around? They've got a new pitching coach. He's been unimpressive to this yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Madden seems to be on a hot seat that Theo Epstein does not seem to want to take him off of. Now, Joe Madden is preaching patience. That's what I would expect from my manager at this point of the season. You can preach patience all you want. I'm watching the Milwaukee Brewers pull farther and farther away from the Cubs. And so then you get into that point where you're already playing for the wild card in late April. Granted, there's a ways to go in this, but the ship has to turn around. Okay. Okay. Now, over on the south side of town, the White Sox have an exciting young player by the name of Yohan Mankata. I thought the move to third base would perhaps disrupt him. Boy, he has been terrific. The left side of the infield for the White Sox, Yohan Mankata and Tim Anderson have been terrific to watch, and Mankata has become must-see TV when he comes to the plate. Okay. He very much from the line of Javi Baez, except he makes better contact. You know, Javi strikes out a lot. Moncada, he doesn't strike out that much, and he's just been blistering the ball all over the place. The problem for the White Sox, though, is they haven't got a lot to go around him. Sometimes Jose Abreu is very, very good. Sometimes not. Uh, Almost no productivity from the outfield. Eloy Jimenez has yet to find his stride in his rookie year. Uh, and the White Sox have had problems getting consistent offense as of late that's put pressure on a young pitching staff, and that pitching staff has folded. Now, they're playing a Tampa Bay team that has been playing very good baseball, in fact, leads the American League East. Uh, but the White Sox, they've got some glimmers of hope. If I were a Sox fan, I would tune in just to see Moncada and Anderson. Uh, but they are who we thought they were. Then there's the Tigers. Got off to a great start for Ron Garden Hires team. Again, offensively really struggling. They've had some pretty good pitching. That is until yesterday when Jordan Zimmerman, the sixth highest paid player in Major League Baseball, uh, decided that it wasn't really worth doing anything other than throwing batting practice to the Cleveland Indians who tattooed him all over Comerica Park. I thought about this the other night. I watched Trout play for a little bit. Yeah. Wouldn't it be funny to have a graphic during the game of their dollar amount above their head, like little lines, just a quick little, by the way, here's what they're making either per game or per year, just for fun. He's making plenty per game, but here's the difference. He pretty much earns it. Yeah, he does. I mean, when you watched him play, what'd you think? Uh, He's a great teammate and a player, and he's hustling and doing what he's supposed to be doing. That's the thing about him is, Despite the fact that he's getting paid what he's paid, he plays just like you would expect yeah. a rookie to play. If you were a commoner who didn't know who he was and you turned on the game, you'd go, okay, that guy's he's playing he hard. He wants to be there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Javi Baez, my pals at buymetoys.com. I stop there once a week, Chuck. I don't know if you know that or not. On Great Road in Mishawaka, they sell me comic books. Ah. But they also do action figures. There's a pretty sweet new Javi Baez action figure. If you're one of those types that likes fun stuff for your man cave, 
They got those over there. Well, you know, maybe the folks at BuyMeToys.com would like to become a sponsor of this program <laughs> and displace rabbit wigs. Put that rabbit in a wig. <laughs> Five seven four rabbits. You've been listening to Rant, the podcast within the podcast. We now resume our regular podcast. Favorite song from 1982. Let's go with the Hall of Famer, the award-winning Chuck Freebie. Boy, it's tough to narrow it down to one because this is my senior year of high school. There's some Corey. good There songs. was some great music in 82. But I would have to go with my man, John Cougar, Mellencamp, and Hurt So Good. What memory does this bring back as you hear this? Oh, you got the windows rolled down on a warm May day, wrapping up that senior year at Elkhart Central High School, the wind blowing through your copious hair at the time, and just enjoying Mellencamp. I was given this cassette for my graduation, which was... 1987. Years later. I, yeah. don't, I don't know why my cousin gave me such an older cassette. Because it was cheap. Yeah. Good song, Chuck Freeby. I'm going to go with... Uh, now, I know a lot of people have different opinions of him these days. But to me... Groundbreaking. Because A, awesome video. But B, this felt like a combination of R&B... And rock and roll all at the same time. You'd hear it on the urban stations. You'd hear it on the pop stations. Maybe even, maybe even on the rock stations. And here's why. Because when you get right there, Steve Lukather from the band Toto. Oh, really? Was also a very accomplished studio musician, which is how Toto came to be. Yeah. You know, he rips through that cool intro guitar. Now, you're sure this is 82? 1982. Thriller. But the best part of the song, Chuck Freebie, is take two around midnight when Quincy Jones makes a phone call to one Eddie Van Halen and says, come on down. I got a song for you to play on. Take one to just kind of get the feel of it. And he goes, all right, hit the record button. So take two is the guitar solo. That special sauce. He's oh. working it. I love this part right here. Mutual friend Jason Muma can rip that off pretty good. Kenny. Oh yeah. Really? Oh yeah. That's a, I, that's a well-known. That's kind of like the. You know, when you play guitar, you're going to learn deep purple smoke on the water. But yeah. if you're going to go next level and learn a guitar solo, either Eruption or that one by Van Halen. Well, that that does have to be one of the famous guitar solos Woo! of all time. I have to go back and listen to that later today, Chuck, if you know what I'm talking about. Little 1982 action. Woo! I was in seventh grade. <laughs> I was at the school dance wondering if Dawn would dance with me. Little, she blinded me with science. She did not. 
<laughs> well, that, that feels pretty good. Feels like a welcome back, Cotter episode. I think we've covered some things here for you, kids. Friday, we'll do a little preview of the Notre Dame Spring football game. Please? Yes, sir. And also Friday, one of my favorite segments, Sportscasters Camp. And just to really freak people out right at the end here, on my Facebook page two nights ago, attention sports fans, let me ask you a simple question. Do you like sports? If so, imagine you can be at every game and hang out with professional athletes. Your new, long, and potential productive career in sportscasting is just weeks away with a degree sportscasting sponsored on my page. And I took a screen grab to prove it to you. Hmm. Big Brother's listening. Apparently so. Oh, they're listening to me. Again, like you said, Big Brother is listening. That mic and that cell phone appears to be always on. Until next time, sports fans. Ooga looga. This is the Sports Yak Podcast. The following has been brought to you by Rabbit Wigs and the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You've been listening to Sports Yak, all sports information. All that you've just been heard has been copywritten. Don't steal any of this stuff. This is Jimmy Shorts. That's good. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.